Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, and we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio. It's a show for men by men. We know a lot of ladies listen, and we are very thankful for that. But we, our main audience, is the guys. And uh, man, we believe you're you're a man of destiny, and that you are meant to walk with God through Jesus Christ and with Jesus Christ, and that is part of your identity of who you are as a man. And we want to talk about stuff from a guy's perspective and things that are important in life. And we talk about everything from relationships, whether marriage, kids, money, business, you name it. And today we're talking about one of our our show favorites. We love having this gentleman on. And we're going to talk about something today that I think is, is absolutely rampant in a negative way in our society and culture. I read a book a few years ago called In Search of Balance. And did you find it? No, I didn't have time to read it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, I read the book and, he, and, he's, and the author, and I can't remember his name right offhand. I'll, I'll figure it out later. He said uh, that our minds were not wired for the type of advancement of exponential growth that we are experiencing in our world today. That we uh, are get overwhelmed with trying to keep up and that we can't find balance because we're trying to keep up and we get anxious and worried and f- and just freaked out because you buy a TV and then six months later, there's an even better one and you were constantly trying to keep up and we're just, we, our capacity level only goes up to a certain point. We only have so much capacity, physical, emotional, mental, financial, whatever it is. And so today we're talking with uh, a distinguished Dr. Uh, Brad Shuck about the capacity capacity principle and what that looks like in our life. So, Chad, um, do you ever get overwhelmed? Yes. It actually, is, do you ever not get overwhelmed? That's probably the, the, the truth. So, okay, so this show is for you and for me, because I think we all can have this problem. It's for me, too. Is it, me. is it for you, too, yeah, Brad? Trust me. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Yes. Brad Chuck, welcome back to the show. Thank it's you. always great to have you. Man, I'm so, so glad. So, Chad said distinguished. So, let me tell you the conversation I had with myself this morning when I was getting ready. So if you wear dark socks with jeans, does that make you old? You know, like when you were younger, you wore white socks with jeans. Yes. So today I was finding dark socks and trying to find the match. (laughs) And I just wish people like, like I think people hear Dr. Shuck, associate professor at University of Louisville, and I'm the goofiest guy. (laughs) Like this is about, if you only knew, like sometimes my wife and I, Angie, talk about this. Like if people only knew like the kind of goofball stuff we do, it's it's a be- you know it's a beautiful thing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's actually now if you wear white socks with dark jeans, you're old. You're old. Oh, so I'm I'm still hip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, is you, that really? Yes. That's the, yeah. That's the, the if new. If you're wearing trend? blue jeans and you're wearing white athletic socks, I just you're already stepped into the realm of old man. Kurt, what just color socks you, know. you got on? I I don't have any socks. What does there that make? That means you're cool. Jack. I don't have any either. <laughs> I'm so the okay. only guy with socks <laughs> on. <Ooh. laughs> Oh, we're not going to talk about that for we an hour. Won't. We okay, won't. okay. Well, uh, shifting gears here. So, okay. So, Brad, um, I I love what you teach. I, you. I'm always fascinated by this by leadership. Mm. I, th- I, you know, I, when we think of leadership and all the 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 nuances and what you bring to the table to businesses, not not just to the classroom, but what you're bringing to businesses worldwide, and helping them think so that we can have healthier companies and mm-hmm. healthier businesses and we can have healthier people. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
But you you just introduced to me recently called the capacity principle. Yeah. I'm like going, oh my goodness, what's yeah. that? Yeah, so the capacity principle. So I study uh, behavioral <laughs> economics. Uh, behavioral economics is understanding irrational human behavior uh, and explaining that irrationality. And uh, I love that field. It's, it's super cool. But the capacity principle is something that we use uh, in our work to explain uh, being overloaded and just being overcommitted and what mm. that happens. Mm. The, so you might think of it um, from the perspective of we have a motor, right? We're outside, we're cutting our grass and our, our, uh, our lawnmower is overheating and we know it, but we keep going. What's going to happen? Mm. It's going to break. And we know that, right? Like I, I know that if I run my lawnmower at high capacity for a long period of time without rest, like it's going to overheat break down I'm gonna have to go get it fixed the same thing happens in our life where we become so overwhelmed or so committed and so overcommitted that we call it the red line limit and everybody's got it and everybody's a little bit different everybody's capacity is a little bit different so there isn't a number or there isn't like an index of capacity but we know when we're overcommitted and there's nothing wrong with taking on extra projects or, or taking on extra, extra maybe like curricular activities and folding those into our life. But we need, as human beings, mm. we require moments of space and rest. And when we don't give ourselves that space and rest, we tend to break down. And it comes out in a, in a bunch of different ways. How, okay, describe how it comes out yeah. in negative ways. Well, the... the the first is the, the ways in which we interact with people. So um, when we are overcommitted, we typically, the way that our brain is thinking in the moment is what do I need to get? I need to get to the next thing. I need to get to the, I can't be present here in the moment. And when that happens, we tend to objectify the people that are around us because they become obstacles to the next event, right? Yeah. Like I gotta get to that meeting or I gotta take that phone call. Or I gotta get to my email or whatever that might be. Yeah. And so when we objectify the people who are in front of us, it steals our ability to have joy or to be present or to be authentic in the moment because we're just trying to get to the next thing. And that, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. That happens at work, but man, that happens at home too. And uh, well, one, uh, a quick story from my personal life. <laughs> um, I'll be at home sometimes and I'm, uh, I work from home a couple days a week and um, I, I work in our kitchen in our window and I'm typing, typing, typing. And my wife's a kindergarten teacher. God, God bless teachers. God bless them. They're superheroes, man. <laughs> they are. They're true superheroes. Yeah. So my wife will come in and she's uh, teaching. She's taught kindergarten all day. She's got 23 awesome, awesome students. And she'll want to tell me about her day. And I've been home alone on myself and I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to talk to human beings for days and I'm fine. Right. But my wife likes to debrief her day. She'll come in and she'll start talking to me. She'll say, are you listening? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, engaged, honey. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. She'll and she and then she puts the nail in the coffin, and we all know what she's gonna ask. <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and your brain is going, uh, is going back, like, uh, dude, I'm backpedaling as fast <laughs> as I can, but I got nothing. I'm on the wrong playing field. Like I'm not even playing the right sport here. <laughs> and she'll say, when you're ready to talk to me, I'll be in the other room. Man, I can't get up from that chair fast enough. Mm. And run. I mean, pursue her, right? Um, and so, so that happens, right? Like we just objectify the people that are in front of us. And I think that robs our ability to have joy in the moment. And I want to help people avoid that in their life. I want to help people avoid that. What you're describing, 
Um, I, I, I just had the opportunity last week. You, you probably know him, mm. uh, Dr. David Magnuson. Ah. Um, he mm. is a neuroscientist, mm. a PhD, and uh, I, I was teaching a little bit of this principle of how we need margin, you know, this, yeah. uh, this whole capacity principle. Uh, it's kind of new terminology. And he came up to me afterwards. He said, okay, I'm, you're talking from a spiritual level of how we need to do this, but let me just describe to you scientifically what happens to our brain when there's overcapacity, when there's too much going on, uh, too much social media, too much, too much too gaming, much? too yeah. much, too much, too much. And he says, we absolutely, we lose our capacity to, to think our, our brain wants to do certain things, but we're, we're, lo- we're locked. You're locked in. It's lo- you're on lockdown. I was Absolutely. like, really? That's, I, I mean, I kind of know that, but it was interesting to talk to a neuroscientist. And, yeah, and, and, and to hear the scientific, like, we know these things, right? But there's real legitimate science behind being at overcapacity. And how many of us, and me included, dude, I am speaking to myself. Kyle Eidelman says sometimes that, you know, when he's getting ready to uh, prepare for a sermon, he always thinks like, Gosh, the church really needs to hear this. And as he as he wraps up his sermon, he's like, "Man, God is speaking directly to me through this. I needed to hear this. Yeah, dude, I need to hear this in my life. I am at capacity ninety eight percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time." Brad, talk to us a little bit, and we'll have to bridge this into the next segment. But why why do we as men run into this capacity principle and 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 in, in a sense, we choose to be overloaded. Yeah, I, I think there are uh, there are lots of opportunities where we are able to add value. So one of the things I think that people don't hear enough of is in in the things that they do in their life, they uh, they make a, a huge contribution. They add value. They add meaning. When we don't get those messages, we continue to look for other opportunities. Think about Facebook, right? Like when I'm on Facebook, I'm looking for I'm counting how many people are liking my pictures. That's giving me meaning. Or if I'm on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, I'm putting a video out. I want to know how many people are like my video, how many people are looking at these videos. And and that gives me meaning. But is it really? Mm. No, it's not. It, is it taking it's time? An, it's an artificial. It's totally artificial, man. It's absolutely artificial. And so there are so many instances of artificial artificial projects and substance that we've put into our life that have very little return on investment for us personally that we take on because they give us an artificial inflated sense of value and we have to cut through that noise as men as uh as men of christ we have to find a way to cut through that noise wow we're going to continue to unpack that so we're going to take a break and come back and talk in the next segment with brad and we're talking more about this idea of the capacity principle and as i even say that i wonder where you if you had to measure tens the the maximum capacity where are you right now as you hear my voice emotionally relationally job, you name it. Where are you in your capacity level? Almost everyone probably say I'm at eight or nine or 10. How do we get, how do we draw back and give ourselves more space for God to do work? So we're going to talk more about that. And Brad's going to give us all the answers when we come back on our next segment on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, along with Kurt Souter of furthestillministries.org. And we're here with 
Dr. Brad Shuck. I just like to call people doctor. Mm. So there you go, Dr. Brad Shuck. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're talking about being overloaded and the capacity principle. And uh, you want to talk about a place that has really large capacity for your financial need. That's LNN Credit Union. Uh, they uh, they are a long-time no, was, local. Not that bad. That was, yeah, was good. Not bad. Long-time local institution, uh, who, financial institution that just, they just want to help people. They want to help you personally. They want to help your business, whether it's checking accounts, business accounts, credit cards, whatever it is, loans, you name it. They want to help you out, Ellen and Credit Union. Uh, and also Vision First Eye Care at Vision First, another locally owned. They've been around for decades. When I was a little wee little lad, I was uh, getting my eyes checked and um, through Vision First. And they're a great organization. They love their their customers very much. So we thank them for being sponsors of our show as well. Okay, so Brad, uh, I, I'm fascinated by the capacity principle. Uh, yeah. And uh, and we, you were talking about how we're just over overbooked and overcommitted and you know just there's not enough margin we got too much going on so much going on man I wh- mean wh- wh- why do we do this yeah so I, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit in the before the break we talked a little bit about kind of this um, this false sense of you know likes and meaning and value I I'd like to simplify this is it okay if we go deep here yeah okay. Are you going to become a preacher? You know, my dad, if he's listening, my dad said I would be one of two things when I grew up. I would either be a politician or a pastor. And I think a professor is a really good... In between. In between on that. So I'm trying to straddle that line, baby. You bet. That's good. Kurt, I think that we become over at overcapacity because of sin. Power, prestige, sex, money, uh, fame... We, we are in the pursuit of things that are outside the body of Christ. Mm. And, and I, I, I've been, I've been guilty of this in my life. Well, where, we all have. Yeah, we, yeah, absolutely. We all, we all have. And, um, it's not, I'm not intentionally doing it right. But like, man, that title sounds great. Man, I, I need that extra money sounds great. That I, 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 I could think of all the things I could buy a new ATV with that. I could buy a new TV with, I could buy, all, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or, and so we get outside the purpose, and then we start to just take on things. And this happens really slowly, right? Like, we don't we don't wake up one one day and just decide to take on all this stuff. But it happens um, and over, we, over yeah, time, right? Yeah, and we don't wake up going, I, I want to be ego-driven. And stressed. Arrogant. Yeah. And it's all about me and a right. self-absorbed, self-focused, you know, life and, and hedonistic, uh, you know, lifestyle. That's right. Because it's all about me. I mean, we we, we just don't wake up thinking like that. I don't think so. Most of us. Yeah. There's a, I'm sure there's a few out there, but... Um, don't be looking at me. <laughs> It's the intervention. But, yeah, that's right. We're here to, Brad and I are here to talk with you, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, it just, it, it slowly creeps in. It just does. Yeah, it just does. And there, as we've talked about, like, there's so much stuff coming at us. There's so many opportunities. There are so many things that we can get involved in and get, and get our hands in. The, the question I would have is, is there value and purpose to that activity for you, for your life and for your family? And, and what's important to you? Um, you know, I have worked with lots of leaders across the world who are really unhappy uh, because they've got so much stuff going on. They don't have time to do the things that give them joy in their life. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm sad about that because I want them to have joy. I want them to live a life that's full of joy and where they get up. And yeah, I can tell you, you know, personally in my own life. So I'm a program director, of two programs at the University of Louisville. So currently today. 
Uh, I'm the program director for the Human Resources and Org Development Master's Program, and I'm also program director of the Human or the Health Professions Education, which is a joint program with the School of Medicine. I love both those programs. Those programs are they give me purpose in, in, in many ways. I love being connected to the School of Medicine. The men and women that work in the School of Medicine quite literally save lives every day. The chance that I get to have to be a part of that, that's pretty incredible. It's pretty special stuff. Yeah. But over the last couple of months, being the program director has not been a joyful experience for me. It's, it's detracted from, for one, it's just detracted from my ability to be present with my family. Because I'm... I am checking more emails. I am responsible for more things. And this is something that I voluntarily took on. This isn't something that I have to do. I'm, I'm a tenured professor, and I understand that that's a, compl- that's a place of privilege, and I, I know that. Um, but my job is to teach classes and do research and do service and give to our community. But to be in a program director position is something in addition that I've decided to take on. I've been in the leadership position there at the university for six years now, and we've achieved incredible results. We've taken programs that were on the brink that were going to die, and we've get, we've breathed life into them. And I believe that people's lives have been changed as a result of coming through our program. I, I fully believe that. Mm. It's time now for me to take a step back. Well, you, you mentioned that you took your family on vacation. Yes. And you were away for two weeks, yep. and what happened? Yeah, so we go down to the Panhandle in the Destin area, Fort Walton Beach area, um, and we go down for two weeks, and um, we have a little place we go, and I, I took my computer. Like, I would imagine most dads listening, like, I take my computer, just jack in on stuff. Brother, I worked for two weeks. I mean, I worked for two weeks. I mean, there were moments where, you know, we were at the beach and hanging out, and um, if you look on my Facebook page, like I had to set our chair, our beach chairs up at five o'clock in the morning because there were beach wars going on between umbrellas and chairs. That's a total different show. <laughs> um, but I was not going to be beat to the beach. I want to be very clear about that. I will wake up earlier than you and get my umbrella in the sand. One hundred percent. That is a thing. That is a thing, oh, yeah, y'all. That, yeah. that is a thing. I will not be beat to. The, I, I drove a long time to get here. I'm sitting at the beach, um, and I just worked the whole time. And I remember my wife asking me. When are you gonna? When are you not gonna have to work? When are you gonna just mm. be able to be here? And then, and she, like she, if you know Angie, guys, she is just she makes my life better. She elevates the man that I am. I mean, she is um, she's who I lean on and lean into sometimes. And it was just a great question that mm. she was curious, like when 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 are you just gonna be here with us? We're on vacation, and I thought, you know what? I don't ha- in my mind, I don't have to do this. And I'm upset about it. It's stealing joy. I have a, I had objectified. I'm the and I would tell I'm the program director. I'm the program director. I'm the program director. And I'll tell you one one quick story if we have time. I had a student. Yeah. I had a student that called. Um, so as program director, um, I'm in charge of uh, all admissions for our program, and so I get a lot of inquiries about that. Uh, and I had a student that called me. Um, I, I'm on vacation. Okay, he sends me a th- couple of emails, three emails. He calls my phone three times. He leaves me three different messages, sends me three different emails. And so I'm, we're driving in the car. We're driving. If you've been in Destin, like, you know, the main drag highway and we're driving with my wife uh, and I, and I get all these things at the same time. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and so I look at my wife and I never, ever introduce myself as Dr. Shuck. I'm Brad. I sign on my emails, Brad. My students call me Brad. It's fine. It's not important to me. I don't care about the title. And I, so I, I said, look, I said, listen to this, Angie. So I, I dial this, this kid's phone number. I say kid, student's phone number. And I, 
get him on the phone. I say, this is Dr. Shuck from the University of Louisville. I got your voicemails and your emails. How can I help you today? And he says, oh, I'm so glad you called me back. I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I said, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. Is there something that you need? He says, I just want to know my application, my admission status. I said, okay. Well, we have a process for that. There's a, there's, there's a process for how this works. I said, when did you submit your application? This morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. And in my mind, I'm like, look how important I am. I'm Dr. Shuck. I'm the program director. I'm so, VI- I'm so important. I'm so VIP right now. And I'm looking at Angie the whole time. And I said, is there a reason that you need to know your application status today when you submitted it this morning? He said, well, I'm going out with my parents tonight. I'm a first-generation college student, and I can't wait to tell them that I got accepted to graduate school. Dude, stop me in my tracks. Mm. Stop me in my tracks. Here is this Here is this applicant to come to our program. There's thousands of programs nationwide he can choose from. Thousands. He chose ours. He's excited. He's calling. He's emailing. And I'm so daggone important. And I'm so daggone objectified with everything. I'm so at capacity that I, I can't see the human being on the other side of that phone. Mm. You know what I did? I said, when I get back to my hotel, I said, I'm on vacation. But when I get back to my hotel room, I will make an immediate decision. I will call you back. I admitted him immediately. I took him on as my advisor. That's, that's what we need to do. But I was getting in my own way. Mm. I was so at capacity. It was, I, I could not see joy in that situation and it took that moment it was like boom it was just a gut check for me like maybe it's time for me to step back from this for a little bit and so I made the decision in consultation with my wife uh, and um, men in my life that breathe God's word into my life talked this over with them I prayed about it and just made the decision that it is time at this point in my career to take a step back and to refocus and recenter and create some space in my life so that I can continue to have joy in the work that I do. That's, um, that's, dude, that's good. That's hard for us guys to do. Yes. Yes, it is. Because we are important. I'm so important. Look at me. And we, we, you know, God needs us. I'm the man. And and the the world needs us. And, you know, and I'm just going to confess here real quickly, but even in the preaching world, we can fall trapped to this very quickly, very easily. Well, I need to take a break. So uh, <laughs> the world does not need to hear us right now. We got to take a break. <clears throat> We're going to come back and talk more in our uh, next segment with Brad about, uh, okay, we talked about full capacity. Uh, how do we dial this back and make it a little bit more practical in our day-to-day lives? We're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. It may be your first segment because you just tuned in. We appreciate you doing that. Um, you can check out all of our past shows, all this past segments of this, this show with Brad Shuck. And you can go to our uh, Facebook page, SoundCloud, iTunes, and just type in Solid Steps Radio. And you can also go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the mic, and you can hear all of our shows in their entirety. Thanks to our great sponsors like Frank Enterprises. If you have any septic tank issues or water drainage issues on the outside of the house and water is not supposed to be going where it is supposed to be going, you got a problem. 
water needs to go certain places. So if it doesn't go there, call Frank Enterprises. They help you with uh, taking it from point A to point B. And then Bright Star Home Care. I cannot imagine a more important industry in, for our uh, country and for generations to come. They help people mm-hmm. with their loved ones who need help. And do they go to a nursing home? Do they go to assisted living? Do they need day-to-day care? Do they stay in their home? What do they need to do? Bright Star Home Care is an organization that helps navigate people through that journey. So we want to thank Frank Enterprises and Bright Star Home Care for sponsoring our shoe. Okay, so Brad, you know we've been talking about this capacity principle. Yep. And um, in the break, I, I, we talked and I asked you about, well, if, if we're running this capacity principle in a, in a healthy way, yeah. not a, maybe not a perfect way, but a healthy way, we're able to do something powerful. Very, yeah. In, in our world, at home, at work, wherever we are. Yeah. Abs- talk, talk about that. Absolutely. So uh, let me give you a quick analogy. So imagine I've got two, two cups of water, and they're both filled to the brim, right? And I ask you to pour the water in one cup into another cup. And you might look at me curious, like, well, I can't do that. This water's at capacity, right? The, and so it's not possible. I use this analogy when I'm teaching class um, from time to time to teach this principle. And some, some water from this other cup I'm trying to pour into it will have to spill out someplace, or I'm going to have to soak it up. I'm going to have to put a sponge in and soak that up. The, the way that we can create that kind of space in our life is through some intentionality. When we do that, when we create space in our life, we are able to live with higher levels of dignity and higher levels of presence, which gives those around us the ability to know that they're loved and cared for. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm not when I'm not, not don't always have my nose in my email, I don't always have uh, something going on at work. I don't always have some place to get to. I'm able to take a step back and be there for my family, be there for my wife and listen and to, and to care and to love, but not just love uh, on the surface. Right. Like when my wife and I leave in the morning, uh, well, you know, hey, I love you. I hope you have a great day. Right. Now, I mean that I do mean that. But when I'm looking at her and we're sitting on the couch and I'm I'm intently listening to her mm-hmm. and she's telling me about her day. Man, that's some special stuff. But you have to have capacity to do that. You have to have capacity. The other thing I'll say about this is I think it's very normal for men to go through seasons of their life, right, where we take on extra stuff. And God gives us the opportunity to, um, to learn and to grow and to be a part of and to lead and to get involved with. And uh, there is a season sometimes where we run at a high level of capacity. And so if you're in that season, that's okay. There's grace with that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of grace with that. If, if it's time for you to pull back from some of those activities that are not joyful for you anymore, and for me, that's my trigger point. When something, when I am um, upset about doing the activity, when, I, it, when I'm genuinely upset for long periods of time and it just steals my ability to have joy for that, that's that's my, that's when I know. I know it's time for me to reevaluate some things. Yeah, that uh, and I think what you're talking about is when when it sometimes it feels so good we keep saying yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. but then there comes a point in time um, where that season ends. Where yeah. we I, I like what you're saying mm-hmm. there because I do think there are seasons for us guys. Mm-hmm. I, I know a guy who just took on a major role in the political world. 
and and he told his family, hey guys, this is going to be a season where I'm going to be busier than normal. Yes. And I'm not going to be home nearly as much. I want you to be okay with that. Can we talk about that? Yes. And I really appreciated his perspective. This is a season. And uh, the, his wife and his kids all gave the nod, which uh, you know we've talked about in the past. He, he invited them in yep. to this, this decision making, and then he said, "Now I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be gone more. Are you guys okay with that?" And they all go, "Yes, Dad. Yes, yes, honey. Um, we're good with that. We're in." And uh, and I, I like that because I think for. If if we recognize, hey, this is just for a season, and then and then I got to get more balanced uh, and become more balanced in this capacity principle. Yeah, when we moved from Miami, Florida, my wife and I attended a church um, called Christ Fellowship down in uh, Palmetto Bay. It's a wonderful church. If you're ever in Miami, I want to encourage you to check it out. Um, and we were involved in a home group there, and those folks were our family. Now we were away from our family. We we're living in Miami, which is. Uh, was very different from where I grew up here off the backside of Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky, and different from my wife who grew up in Tennessee. Um, but we were super, super involved. We were, I was in the, uh, on the worship team. I played the drums down there. We were involved in this home group. We were there every Friday night, even though we had to drive a long way. And um, when we moved to Louisville, we moved here because we had Maddie and we wanted to be closer to our family. And if, gosh, if you've ever had a newborn, I'm looking at Chad, if you've ever had a newborn, <laughs> like, you know, that's like, that's crazy season, right? Mm-hmm. Like w- I've never been more exhausted in my whole life. I'm, I'm super tired. I've got, you know, things coming at me that I didn't know were supposed to be coming at me, but they're coming at me and I got to catch them. And this stuff is crazy. Right. And we try to get involved with a home group and it just didn't work it, for us. We couldn't find time. We, we, there, we couldn't, some home groups were like, we, we don't have kids, so you're going to have to find a babysitter. And, you know, we didn't want to do that at the time. It wasn't going to work out for us. And so we started to go to weekend groups and that worked out fine. And I just beat myself up over that. Just beat myself up for a long period of time until uh, an older gentleman came alongside me one day after one of the services at the Crestwood campus Southeast. And he said, we were talking about this and he said, Shuck, it's just not your season. It will be again, Mm. but give yourself some rest, take solace in God's promise, and have peace about the place where you are in your life. It's just not your season, but it will be again. You know, uh, what you're describing is, I think, the invitation that Jesus gives to us. That we need to just trust the good and gracious work of God in our lives. Yes. And and, uh, not take ourselves too seriously yeah. and just rest in him a little bit. Yes. Um, understand the seasons. Brad, t- talk with us about, uh, uh, again, about when we have that capacity principle more in a balanced perspective in a, in, a, in a way in our lives, we are able to give this whole principle of dignity yeah. to others. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to our listeners about this principle of dignity. Yeah, so when we talk about dignity, dignity is a really, really powerful word. Um, it's something that uh, I think is very tra- transformational for folks. When we are living in a place where our life is balanced, we have the space and the capacity to be able to give dignity away very freely. Dignity is the opposite of objectification. So when if I'm living in a place of dignity with you, I'm not objectifying you. I see you for who you are. I recognize you. I want to be with you, you're not only invited in, I'm asking you to be a part of this, right? Dignity is free 
It doesn't cost anything. It only, it's, in, it's intentional, mm. right? And so when I'm so busy running down the halls at work that I don't notice uh, maybe one of my colleagues or I don't notice somebody from another team or I don't have time to talk to you because I'm so busy. And look at me, I'm very important. I'm very busy. I gotta, I gotta get to this. And why don't people understand where I'm coming from? Don't people know what I do around here? Don't you know who I am? And I don't have the space to be able to give that dignity to that person to notice them and say, hey, how you doing? You doing okay today? How's your morning? And How's really, what I mean, and you're creating. Oh man, you're creating a culture yeah. of insecurity. You are, you are breeding that. Absolutely, you're breeding that. You're creating insecurity. You're cre- you're suck you're sucking joy out of the actual air we're breathing. Right. You, I mean, and there's a chance, but and it can be different, right? Like there is the opportunity. That's what's amazing about this is to be the exception in this space is to give people life. To treat people with dignity is to give people life and value. And I don't, th- I, if I'm ever too important mm-hmm. to give somebody dignity, man, I hope somebody just knocks me out from the outs- out of my pedestal. Well, I mean, we, we live in a culture that is saturated That's true. with not giving dignity. And so as, as men who follow Jesus, we must keep our eyes fixated on that purpose. And, and on on the example that, that Jesus Christ laid out for us. Really what you're describing is what uh, the Bible would teach, honor one another mm. above yourself. What if we just did that? Think about the possibility of just that. If you're riding in a car and you're riding with people with you right now and you just honored them, how would things be different? Tremendous. I, I bet it would be tremendous. How, okay, so um, Brad... I, I, in the next segment, let's let's practically unpack how do we honor one another above ourselves? How do we practically give that dignity sure. so that we are creating it? Because you're, you're also saying in the in the world you're in, uh, helping businesses and corporations when there is dignity and there's honor, the bo- again the bottom line bottom is line. Yeah, I mean less sickness. Yes. Less turnover. Yes. I mean, just uh, the bottom line is improving. Yeah, no doubt about it. The case is absolutely clear. How do we? We're gonna. How do we do that as a guy? So we'll take a break. Our our final break in coming into our fourth segment. So uh, join us. Hope you do. If you can't listen to it live on the next segment, uh, you can check us out Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes. Type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can pick this up uh, in, whenever you want. Uh, in a podcast in its entirety. So thank you for listening. We'll be back shortly for our fourth and final segment with Brad Shuck on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. We're with Brad Shuck, and uh, we are talking about the capacity principle, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about how dignity plays into that. We want to thank our sponsors, thinking of... Uh, of giving us dignity and being a sponsor of our show. That's Dan Hart Financial. Dan Hart is a great uh, financial institution. He likes to sit down with folks and say, what can you do biblically to be wise with your money that God has provided for you to make it last as long as you can and, and do right things with it? So we want to thank Dan Hart Financial and also, again, Ellen and Credit Union for being great sponsors of our show. Okay, so Dr. Brad Shuck. Hey, man. Now, we're talking um, – this whole capacity principle, and when we get that right, then it overflows into really being able to give dignity mm. to others. Mm. And the biblical framework is to honor one another. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, that's one of the one another's of the Bible. We're to love one another, encourage one another. It's also to, we're to honor Special. one another. Yeah. How do we practically do that? You know, I think one of the, as a as a as a work person, yeah. you know, out in the work world, and then also at home. Yeah. Well, and we talked before the break. Like, there is a business case for this, right? So, if you're a leader at work, you're in an organization someplace, and and you want more of this, just know that results come from this. There's an ROI for this. The mm-hmm. we we often talk about this as oh, this sounds soft and mushy and things like that. No, no, no. There's a real clear hardline business case for this. Um, when people feel like the number one leader behavior in our research, then we've asked thousands of people this question. The number one driver of performance in an organization from a leader is dignity. Dignity, man. That's that's, that's incredible. A, yeah, and you would think like it would be something like uh, a vision casting, <laughs> uh, mission alignment, uh, financial acumen. Like those sound, no, 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 it's just dignity. Now you're talking about giving their employees say that again yeah, what you just said yeah. about the, the number one driver of performance say the that again. number one driver of when we ask people about their leaders the number one leader behavior that drives performance mm. is dignity drives the performance of their the, employees. The people that, okay that's right gotcha that's right hmm. it's connected to engagement connected to satisfaction connected to well-being connected to creativity connected to turnover hardline case i i can use predictive analytics to tell you where you'll be in a year not a problem based on that one question that's wow. crazy. Okay, Just so dignity. how you're, you're talking to uh, your, your audience, you're talking to CEOs, you're yeah. talking to presidents, you're talking to folks who are just, you know, mopping floors and everything in between. Yeah. But the, the, the biblical model here is, is Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one that gives dignity. But how do we practically do that? So I think we can take a lesson right from Jesus's life. Jesus put other people first in so many instances. And I think where we can, the first thing we can do is to recognize that we can put other people first. We can, we can elevate other folks. And so when I'm at home, for example, I can put my wife first, uh, above my needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like above my own needs for, I want her to hear about my day and hear about how, what I did and how, what I went out and conquered and what I went out and hunted and gathered today. But maybe, maybe listening to her and putting her first is one thing I can do. Mm. I think another thing is self-awareness. And that's a practice, man. Daniel Goleman talks about that in Emotional Intelligence, that self-awareness is the the number one, uh, the first behavior in emotionally intelligent leaders and being self-aware. And that takes some discipline. That's going to take you uh, stepping back sometimes to reevaluate, okay, where am I? How does my interactions impact these other people? How does what I've got going on in my life impact those around me or my family or my community? Am I able to give... The second thing is to prioritize. And I think we have a tough time doing that in our life. We, we want everything. Kurt, I want everything. I want my cake and I want to eat it. Also, <laughs> can I have your cake? <laughs> because it looks good and I want to eat that too. And there is an element of being content. And I try my very hardest to practice this in my life where I look around and God has provided so generously for my family. I mean so far beyond what I deserve in my life. God has blessed our family. And I look around our house and I go, man, I'm content. I'm con-. There are other days though where I go, you know, I'd like a bigger TV. <laughs> All right. I'd like to drive XYZ car, you know, or I, or I want this. And I, I really have tried in my own life to take a step back to say, okay, Chuck, can, can, are you content? Mm-hmm. Are you happy with what God has just 
overwhelmingly blessed you with. And so I, I would say those things. The first is um, to put others first. The second is um, to uh, be self-aware. And the third is to prioritize. And those are all hard things to do because they're not self-centered. They're not centered on me. They're centered on other people. But in our research, we found, we did a, a huge research study here in the city of Louisville where we found the leaders that were identified as the most compassionate were others focused. They were not, they were not me focused. They were other focused. They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about others. And when they think about others, what they're doing is they're creating a culture of dignity and honor and respect. And when you do that, why would you not want to work for that person? My goodness. Why would you, why would you not want that person to be your husband or to be your father or to be your neighbor? Why would you not want that person? When I have people like that in my life, I'll, I will stand in front of a train for them. Yeah. And so that's the thing, right? Like it, so we talk about being over capacity. What, what we actually find is that when people are in a space where they know they're honored, they believe they're honored, there's dignity, there's, uh, there's respect there that creates more capacity because it's transformational. That's how Jesus works, man. Jesus gives us the capacity. He transforms our ability. But we, just have, we have to recognize that. In today's culture, man, this is hard. This is very difficult to do. This is hard stuff. It, it is hard stuff, but I, what I love it is what you're talking about is Jesus empowers us. Yes. By the, by the Holy Spirit, he helps us, mm. and he guides us, and he reminds us, and he uh, is the one that is supernaturally helps us be that person to give honor, to give dignity, to give value. And, and then we're, well, and the apostle Paul would call it, you know, we're instruments of righteousness. Mm, mm. We're, we're in the hands of God yeah. and God is using us to be giving dignity and honor to others. And using us for that good, right? <laughs> That's so good. And he also gives us peace and he gives us rest in those seasons. Brother, you, here you are, a professor at a state university, and uh, and yet this stuff is right out of the Bible. This stuff is right out of the New Testament. This stuff is right out of the life of Jesus. Kurt, I hope that when people sit in my class, I hope that when I am leading a meeting and serving my team, I hope that when I'm at the next Fortune 50 or Fortune 100 company that I get a chance to go in and talk to, God, I hope those people do not see Brad Chuck. Mm. I hope those people see Jesus Christ. That's awesome. God has put me in a mission field. I believe that. And I will serve him earnestly until he tells me this season is over. That's and I trust that fool. That's good. That's good stuff, brother. Hey, thanks for coming in. Oh, it's uh, it's an absolute joy. I mean that with all my heart. It's a joy to have you in here. Thank you. Hey, would you pray for us? Pray for us guys. That yeah. we would be we would be this kind of man. Yeah. That we would we when we walk into a room that we're giving dignity and honor and value to others by how we live our lives. Mm, absolutely. Would you pray for us? Yeah. Uh, dear Jesus, dear Lord, uh, I pray for the, for the guys. I pray for the dudes that are listening. I pray for the dads. I pray for the leaders. I pray for the community members. I pray for the church leaders. I pray for the, the, the guys that are out there, Lord, that we would rise up, that you would just give us the awareness, the space, and the grace that we need to help to treat other people with dignity, to give them respect, God, and just to love on them, to give them the 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 
water they need to quench that thirst, Lord, mm-hmm. that, to fill that void in their life where they know that they're so valued. God, I pray that you would give us the opportunity to rise up and have those kinds of transformational moments in the people's lives who surround us every day. It's in your name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Brad. A pleasure. Appreciate it, brother. So we talked today about the capacity principle. How much capacity do you have? And you're limited. Uh, and I, it's interesting when you, Brad talked about he wants people to see Jesus in him. Jesus said a lot of interesting things. <laughs> you should read about it. He has some very interesting things he said. Uh, but one of the things that I've always just kind of hung on to almost on a daily, regular basis is you can do nothing apart from me. Nothing. <laughs> I can't put one foot in front of the other without him. It says in the Psalms, I lie down and I sleep and I wake again because you sustain me. I can't even sleep without him. <laughs> but he also, the other part of it is, you can do all things through me. I mean, think about, I can do nothing without Jesus. I can do everything through him. His capacity is limitless. And he calls us that through his Holy Spirit to, to follow him. And he wants us to do things that we cannot do on our own. That is the really fun, exciting, frightening part about following Jesus is that he has called us to do things we are not capable of doing on our own outside of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we talk about capacity. You only have so much capacity we need to be looking to and living surrendered lives to the one who is capacity-less. I don't know if that's a word. I think I made it up. We're going to make it up. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Pass this along to somebody else who would enjoy it. Uh, Like our page, uh, Solid Steps Radio on Facebook. All of our shows are there. Previews of the shows are coming up. Uh, So we would love for you to be able to connect with our ministry and everything we're doing. Thank you so much for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.